What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, film, music, movies, and in this case, um, other horror podcasts, uh, because uh, we're not selfish, and uh, we love to have other podcast hosts on our podcast, which is always great. And uh, we have a new awesome person to the podcasting game. Um, uh, this uh, lovely lady is Mar. Um, uh, <laughs> if you want to um, be so kind to introduce yourself and, and tell us uh, all about yourself. In a quick intro. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I'm Mar. Um, I'm a horror fan, <laughs> like everyone here. And, well, I'm a horror promoter. Um, I started with a little website, talking to people, making some connections, and it slowly grew um, to a bigger ship. Um, I ended up making the podcast, uh, having all the platforms, um, all the community, um, and here we are. That's that's the <laughs> the main summary. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So so Mark, what we do is um, uh, we always start with one question in particular, and it kind of leads into a lot of different things. Is is when did when did horror touch your life? When did it? When did you first become a fan? And and how did this uh, this whole crazy horror journey begin for you? Mm. I think when I was very little, um, I, I've always been a very lone person. I mean, I've always been that weird kid, you know, that's always alone. And I mean, I've never been a very people person. Mm -hmm. I love people, <laughs> but I'm, I'm always, I've always been very introverted. And as a kid, um, the one of the books I can remember reading is, I mean, it seems a cliche, but it's Dracula. And... I remember that being a kid, I found it terrifying in some ways. Um, like when uh, the doctor says that she she's so thin and so sick that it seems that her teeth is growing, you know. And these kind of things I remember that were very impressive to me when I was a kid. And I think that that was the beginning, like feeling that my world has some kind of uh, way out. You know, and I think that 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 was the the first path towards horror and discovering new things. Nice, nice. And what were those new things? You know, what were the what were some of these you know uh, films or or you know television shows that really caught you um, as you were growing up? Mm, as a show, maybe as a kid was things like Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> Uh, of course, it's another another cliche, <laughs> but here in Spain you don't get much horror. <laughs> so until you're a grown up and you can search things by yourself, um, that's what you get. And I had also another show that I loved that I I have I have never found anyone that have seen watched it too, which was a Transylvania Pet Show. <laughs> That it was an amazing show, yes, and about a guy having a pet store and monsters in a monster town. And I think that from there I can jump to my 13 years old that an English teacher played the ring <laughs> at class. <laughs> that was my first... Yes. <laughs> the um, uh, that seems so. That's an education I would have been uh, like to be a part of. How about you, Zach? Yeah, I would have loved my teachers to show the ring in class. That's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty great. <laughs> yes, I was terrified for a year. 
I saw I saw the 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 girl from the ring in every corner <laughs> for a year, <laughs> and I think that 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 was the portal to horror. Like this this is once you have overcome that fear, um, this is a, a huge portal to to very cool things. So I can say the ring at thirteen years. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that that that's fan that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I know every, a lot of us have a lot of you know uh, you know horror bringing up and everything else like. You know, it, it, and and you know, we've we've had the pleasure of of, of interviewing another international guest uh, um, today as well. And I'm very curious. You know, how does you know how does horror? You know, we have the United States experience. So how does horror play in Spain? You know, how do you know how does it? You know, how is the community? Is there a community yeah. out there that actually has some type of supporters that kind of non-existent? Or you know, how does the culture blend? Because there are some Spanish horror movies. I mean, I've seen a couple on Shutter, and then obviously, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, um, Italian has a lot of influence as well. But yes. I've seen a few, a few Spanish, a few Polish. Um, so I'm curious on like what your experience is like growing up in Spain and being a horror fan. You know, how does that how did that whole mm. work out? Yes. Um, okay. In Spain, there's this situation where there are horror fans like metal. It's something similar to metal fans. There are a lot of people that love it, but there's no community. You have nowhere to go. Mm. Um, and that's a problem. Like here, there's no conventions, no, no nothing. If I want to go to a convention, I have to take a train to Germany. <laughs> no, it's, um, there's no community here. That's one of, one of the reasons um, from TBM we're putting together to a website to open doors to Spain. Precisely for what you're saying, to create a community here. Because there's nowhere to go. There's a lot of people that love horror but they have nowhere to go. It's like the books. Where can you get horror books? There's nothing. There's only Stephen King. Nothing against the Stephen King. But it's the only thing you can get in libraries. They're missing out lots. Also, there's a problem here that most of people can speak English. And that's a problem in regards to getting to international content. Like, that's the thing I'm facing, opening TBM to Spanish content, is that it's not a matter of translating it. It's a matter of collecting the content available in a Spanish. Mm, so, yes, that's, that's the main problem, which doesn't happen with metal, because music is music, and people just love it, even if they don't know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love Rammstein, and I don't speak German, so the uh, so there's exactly, that. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. And Zach's a huge <laughs> fan of Rammstein, so I mean he gets it. The um yeah. Uh, yeah, but unlike you, I've actually tried learning the language. No, I've 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 had no interest. <laughs> the um uh, the um uh, you know, but um so I'm and I'm curious too, maybe a, even more intimate. You know, as you were growing up and you were getting interested in some of these the 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 um the literature of horror and some of the fan of horror, how was the reaction of your immediate family and then, you know, and your maybe extended family? How did that, you know, play into effect? Were they fans or was it kind of not, not really um, a thing in the family? I'm the black chip. I've always been. (laughs) I can appreciate that. I, I don't have anyone physically around me that can understand that I like horror, even metal. Mm. I've always been completely alone in here. Yes, it's yeah. 
<laughs> the um so do they that's okay we're we're all that's why you you hang out with people like us so um yeah. you know, the um so i'm very curious you know like um uh, so they just is it you know don't don't get me wrong like this and you heard us talk about this with damon about how the horror community is kind of already looked down upon by the mainstream culture in a lot of ways even though mainstream culture mm-hmm. does love it the um so i'm curious is it kind of like a, a thing of like with maybe family and then also the 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 population at large is it a thing of that's grotesque and strange and i don't want to be a part of it or it's more of an attitude of of oh well that's cool that's your thing but like that's not most of our things i'm just curious about how the the public's reaction to the horror over there because it's a learning experience for me to learn about how other countries perceive horror because i can only speak yeah. from the united states perspective yes i i think from here it's just like I don't get it, but I don't care. <laughs> that's that's the, the the main spirit here. Because what I find very interesting is that Europe and especially Spain should be a master in horror, because we are thousands year old. We have lots of um, paranormal history. Um, I'm I'm next to a one thousand one thousand year old castle. Um, we were masters at burning witches and at torturing people. I mean, in the medieval era. I mean, we have lots of blood and horror on our shoulders. And precisely, it's one of the countries that don't want to. I, they, they don't absolutely care about it. Imagine when I when I interview um, people from Ireland or the UK. They all say, I love Gothic. I'm so influenced by Gothic. Why? Because they have these old buildings, because we have this old history with us, all these um, stories about ghosts, about um, people here, um, the older stories, even the, the kids' songs go about hell and demons. The other, the, my my kid, two days ago, said, hey, they, we have a, a new... A new song at the school for Christmas. And all Christmas carols here go about demons and hell. All of them. <laughs> for kids, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. The, um, uh, it's like so, it's like it's like getting a copy of the Necronomicon. The Necronomicon for kids. <laughs> the uh... Yes. <laughs> and she started singing. She said, Look, listen, listen. And she started singing something like, uh, you demon, um, that they didn't even want you in hell. Um, you tried to escape through my room's wall and you left the horns in the wall because you couldn't fit. <laughs> that that was how the song started. <laughs> and I thought, they don't even want you in hell. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Pissed off somebody. The, um, uh, and no, I, I love that. And, the, and like, you know, I mean, like it, it, the uh, Ring Around the Rosie is, is, is based on the Black Plague. Um, a lot of people yes. don't know, no. you know, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes, we all fall down, as in we all die. Yeah. The, um, uh, Which so, is very pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 um, uh, it, tragically pretty is a, is a good, is a, is a better word for it. Um, uh, you know, so I, I, so that's very interesting that, that like there isn't a lot of culture there and, and, and it's just more of an attitude of, of like, you know, that we lose you. Okay, we got you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's more of an attitude of, well, that's just weird and it's not my thing and I don't want to do it. Um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 that's uh, that's what the Western world does. Um, uh, you know, we don't do that here. But I find it very interesting. Yeah. Have you ever tried to make that point to people? 
and, and be like, oh, I don't understand why we don't have a lot of horror here. We we have all this history and this gothic influence, and Italy has no problem with doing it. So uh, why you know why yeah. are we the only Latin based place that doesn't have? I mean, there's a lot of horror movies that are made in Mexico, and then also in South America. So you know, I, yeah. I, you know, one of my favorite um, horror movies of all time was filmed in Mexico. Um, was from yes. uh, from Dust Till Dawn, one of my uh, all time oh. favorite vampire movies. Oh. So you know, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Like you know, have you brought up that point? To... That's amazing movie. Oh, it is. It's. it's, a, it's a, I love. I love that movie. It's my favorite vampire movie. Um. So I'm very curious. And like, have you had discussions with other people in your in your country and your culture and made that point to them, saying, "I don't understand. We have all this amazing material, but we're not using it." And what has their response been? If you have. Yes. Um. Yes, I have. And actually, the most of people they tell me they're scared of it. Um. Which I think it's a very um, interesting thing to explore because here, like 50 years ago, everyone was very religious. Like Catholicism, it was here, full engine, like making everyone think that they were going to hell just because they exist. And um, the thing is that now no one is religious here it's a very late country no, no no one believes in anything but still still they're scared of the paranormal very much um even my friends here that have nothing to do with horror um when i talk about something that i do or they are all like okay okay I don't, I don't want to know don't want to know it's okay i'm i'm, I'm not gonna sleep at night i don't want to see it Everyone around me, I mean, I wanted to go to watch Smile in the movies with someone and I couldn't because I couldn't find one single person that wanted to go with me (laughs) because they said they just can't bear with it. And I don't know if there's some kind of, um, I don't know, um, a kind of product from that religious influence that is still in people's minds you know like mm, the demons the ghosts the paranormal they're just so scared of it and i it's it's difficult to understand why that was a pretty good explanation why the um uh, so the um I, I i can definitely understand i mean we have those those influences and those things of of people in the United States, you know, who find it kind of mm-hmm. kind of gross and everything else and a little off-putting. So I know that Zach grew up with with horror, so it's it's uh, it's there hasn't been a moment in his life where horror hasn't been around. So you know, I'm sure he's had a lot of interesting things. But I think I would mention though that the, the United States is a little bit more, you know, um, it's a little bit more in the mainstream, you know, than than other places, but still kind of the redheaded stepchild of of media. In general, I don't know, Zach. If you is that kind of your perspective as well? I mean, yes. for me, like I said, I've I've been thrust into the horror genre my entire life. I grew up with these movies. My family's been okay with them, and even most of my friends. Like I showed these movies to my friends growing up, and they're like, "Oh, this is cool." So, like when I hear yeah. like, especially in other countries that people didn't grow up like that, I'm like, I I find it interesting. Or even when I show some of my my newer friends who I meet at like work and through college and I should, and like, they'll see like a little bit of blood just come out from a cut and they're like, Oh my God, that's horrifying. I'm like, this ain't nothing. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. when I hear those reactions, <laughs> I always get like, huh, 
that's interesting. I mean, that's that's baby frolic compared to what I'm used to and what most of my yes. other buddies are used to. So, yeah, when it's just kind of, that's a foreign concept to me, not being used to like horror, metal, blood, guts, gore, death, destruct, all that. Like, if you're not used to that, <laughs> then I go, yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. or any of the darker aspects of life in general, like, you know, doing anything of the macabre or anything of the darker nature. The um, uh, like my, mm-hmm. you know, my life has always been, you know, this this constant battle of light versus dark, um, uh, you know, which is, you know, it's not surprising that I became the fan yeah. of horror that I am mm-hmm. the, um, uh, you know, so, um, you know, and, and that's and that's always an interesting notion. Have you gotten the, you know, so now that you've kind of discovered, um. You know, we'll, we'll we'll put a stamp in that for a second. How did you know the world of of like podcasting and interviewing people kind of come into in the fold to you? You know, obviously you you mentioned a little bit earlier about how you want to you know try to bring some of this culture to your country, but I'm very curious on on how this you know why you you took it upon yourself to go this direction within interviewing people. Um, I have to admit that I've taken time because I wasn't I wasn't confident enough to do it. Um, the first reason is because, as you can see, English is not my language, <laughs> so I wasn't feeling confident enough to interview people because you always have this insecurity, you know. And when when I want to express, I'm never ex- I'm I'm translating in my mind everything I want to say all the time. Because I think in my language. <laughs> sure. So I think I've been with TBM like five years. And I started the podcast one year ago. Wow. So it really took me time <laughs> to say, okay, I'm just going to do it. And they can just understand that sometimes I made up words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The um, uh, and then you know, if yes. I, if I'm not mistaken, by I you know, you were doing a lot of uh, written stuff as well. You know, before this, you know, yes. you were doing reviews and and commentary and things yes. of that nature. So uh, how did you know? How did that even? Because you were because obviously you only did the interviewing about a year ago, but now you've you talked about like going back five years now of doing the actual yes. website. So how did that kind of begin for you? The um, uh, you know, what were you know. What were some of the early, you know, ideas and, and how did it come to fruition? Hmm. Well, I wish I had a glamorous answer for this. <laughs> but the, the real reason why I started with, with TVM Online was because I found myself alone with my one-year-old daughter. <laughs> and that was the reason. I, I didn't, I couldn't go out to, for a regular job because I had to be with her. But I had to pay bills and I thought, okay, we have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started like exploring online um, what things I could do. And I just blindly, completely started TVM talking to authors, trying to contact with people like no shame adding people on Facebook like authors. If you go to my Facebook, it says in April 2017. I mean, I started my Facebook <laughs> that day just to add people in the community. I have like 2,000 people in there and 10 are people that I actually have here <laughs> near to me, like okay. in my real life. The rest are all from the horror community. Started adding people, talking to them, talking to authors, making connections like 
when mm, I, I need to build something and I need to build it fast, you know, and and that's how I started. That's that's the main reason. I mean, I had the love for horror and I had the love for people and to making connections. But the real reason was that that I was alone with her and needed to build something. And that's how it all started, really, and started taking shape. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's 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 very very cool. And and then obviously with the goal of 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 bringing a more of a horror awareness to to your country and to possibly most of Europe, hopefully. The um, although it sounds like they got pretty you know pretty good coverage um in other places, but you know Spain's a work in progress. The um, yeah, uh, it is. so um, uh, you know, it, it, and it, it's very interesting. So, um. And that's that's so fascinating that you just you just said I'm just gonna start doing it. They um I'm just gonna you know this this is I love horror and I'm just gonna start interviewing people and everything else. You know what were you know what were some of your you know your first guests that you were on and 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 maybe uh um you know were some what were some of your initial struggles and in like you know finding your footing and and like you know what are some stories of that of that kind of caliber? Ah uh, yes, it um I was so. I mean, when you have to do something, you pretend you're confident, but you're not. <laughs> Every day. And you make lot. Yes, you make lots of mistakes because um, the thing is that I had no idea how to run a website. I had no idea of, gras- of graphic design, how to edit videos, how to because I have a degree in chemistry. <laughs> That's my study. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with what this actually meant because I couldn't work on chemistry because of that because I couldn't be out because I was alone with her so I I just completely rejected that like okay I can do this so I'm going to focus on this but I have no idea how to make graphics how to make trailers how to make anything and I I spent lots of nights on YouTube tutorials I know it sounds so sad, but it's the truth. Oh my God! No, no, no! Hold on, 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 just a second. The um, I learned how to tie a tie on YouTube. All right, my father tried to teach me like five times on how to do this, and he's like, "It's like fuck you, kid. I'm done." The um, you figure it out yourself. And then I was like, "I'm gonna go on YouTube and go check it out." So, so never ever. And by the way, every time that we're editing and everything else, and especially me because I don't know anything about editing, but I do it anyway. I go on YouTube and go watch tutorials. And don't think for a second, even Mr. Professional over here, our poet, resident poet guy, doesn't go on YouTube and go look up tutorials. He might not admit it, but he does it. I know he does it. YouTube taught me more than school. They, uh, exactly. I so, feel better now. <laughs> yeah, so so never be embarrassed about doing um, uh, YouTube tutorials. They're, they're very effective. I feel and much free. better now. And free and free. They're they are free. So so never yes. yeah, never give give yourself a hard time about that. <laughs> yes. So that's that's how I learned everything. How to use Photoshop, how to make trailers, how to make because and I started just promoting some people like um because I grew um in that moment it seems so silly, but five years ago it was much easier to grow up a social platform, for example. I grew my Twitter. A Twitter, I have like 23, I think 23,000 followers on Twitter. I built that in a year. It's not, I mean, and it's because it was much easier, like Instagram, everything. And I just started promoting people that were happy with it and uh, helping them. I did a lot of free stuff, like helping people for free because I needed the connections. 
um, I needed mm, the contacts and everything. So the way you build the community is just helping each other. And I helped a lot of people. I made a lot of connections. And slowly, um, people started to appear. And the connections started, started uh, to make more connections and more influence and, and knowing other promoters also. Because I have some websites that started more or less when I did. And it's like we helped each other, you know, <laughs> like, hey, how, how do I do this? <laughs> so I've never competed with anyone. I have a lot of friends. I have sent clients and, and people to other websites. So it was hard because at the beginning is it's difficult. It, it takes time to build something. But it's also been amazing in the sense of knowing lots of people. I mean, all the people I've worked with, collab, partnership, anything, that they are tones. I can't even remember how many people I've worked with. So it's it's been it's been hard, but it's been also amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, and, and I think it's interesting, you know, now that you've kind of delved into the horror community, um, what has your reaction been to the horror community uh, by and large? Because we always joke, like, you know, the, for, for being a genre that's all about like, you know, horrible, depravitable things, they're the nicest, kindest, most willing yes. to help community that I, we've ever been a yes. part of and I've ever been a part of. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, you're already saying yes, you know, about what your experience has been like with the horror community thus this far. The horror community is amazing, absolutely amazing. They are game for everything. They are all always happy to help, happy to share. I mean, it's, um, and I, I know because I, I also have this comparison because um, for one project that we had once, I had to reach out to people in the fantasy community. We talk about fantasy community like it's another universe. You know, I had to send a rocket to the moon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is that um, I just like in the horror community, any of the, you say like Facebook, for example, mm. you get to a horror group and you say, hey, I'm featuring people on the website. Just drop your links and um, I will I will share you around. And everyone is game. In two minutes, you have 200 comments. Like, hey, thank you. This is my thing. Okay. You do that in a fantasy group and you get comments like, mm, why? Why? <laughs> 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 that hardcore why. What are you up to? Uh, why dot 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 question mark. The oh my. <laughs> I'm so like, yo, like if you're going to share, like, here. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's silly. Be because, because I can, because I want to share, because I want to share cool content. Hmm. But how much is going to... No, I did, there's no how much. I'm just going to share. No, nothing. There's nothing to... I mean, I I backed off like, okay, um, this is the first and last time <laughs> that I'm in a fantasy group. <laughs> that's just that's just crazy. Yes. Like, and, you know, and, and also too is I'm sure it makes you feel good because you're kind of, um, as you described, kind of on an island right now. So like I'm sure it's made you yes. feel much more vindicated of of you know of having that community readily available at your yeah. fingertips. So and and having them around. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's like when you travel somewhere else and you get home, 
<laughs> when I step on Barcelona, it's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear my language again. <laughs> no, no, abso- absolutely. The um, and I'm sure you you know do that with metal music as well. You know, both of us being huge fans of metal, um, uh, you know, is is pretty dope. The um, uh, and then you know, and horror and metal got a lot of a lot in common. They um, uh, they they tend to blend yeah. real well together. I mean, you know, the um, uh, that that was always the often thing. You know, if if metal was a genre of film, it'd be horror. The um, uh, the or hardcore action. The um, I mean, you got you know Rob Zombie. You got uh, you have um Slayer, yeah. uh, which is Zach's favorite. Um, uh, the uh, <laughs> you um, you have <laughs> Ramstein. Um, uh, which is either oh. which is either horror or porno, depending on which video you're watching. <laughs> the um, uh, the if I'm lying, I'm dying. The um, uh, that is very true. <laughs> The um uh, the um but you know another band I only want to see in Germany because when they come over to the states they can't do all the things that they normally do I want to see them in their element um so which yeah. is which is very cool so um you know what have been some of the the really cool people that you've interviewed that really stick out in your head maybe on you know in the written form but then also in the podcast form what are some really cool people that you're like you're like man that that was a really cool person that I interviewed and and um they provided a lot of good detail mm, i think not no i'm <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> um i think one of the funniest people i have interviewed because I've interviewed a lot of people in the indie community, um, is um, William Sterling, which is a, a horror author, but he's, do you know these people that only talking, he's funny? <laughs> I loved the whole interview. Um, he's, he has a lot of books out. He has an, an amazing embracement um from the audience he was extremely funny and he always and he also likes video games which i do too so we talked about nothing that we had to talk about (laughs) 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 we ended up talking about video games and i think that was one of the funniest um interviews i've had and then also with chris mccauley chris mccauley i don't know if you know him i am not familiar um um he's he works with Dakar Stoker. He's one of the founders of Stoker Bars. Oh, okay. Um yes, and he he's worked um as a scriptwriter for Doctor Who. Um Ooh. Ooh, and very Star nice. Trek also. Yes. I mean, he's a very interesting, very interesting uh, person. We've made like many videos together because I've um, I was helping him with some Kickstarters. They make that they, they're making some new things for Dracula now with Dakar Stoker, and and he's a very funny person. He has a lot of ah and and another cool thing that I loved he did is uh, on Terminator, the video game. Oh, he's uh... one of the of the people working on the video game in Terminator. Yeah, and he he. He's um and, and he's so fun, so kind, so loving. He he was an amazing person to to interview. Yeah. You, you certainly perked Zach's ear when he heard the Terminator game, so I'm sure he has questions. <laughs> was it the uh, latest Terminator game made um by uh, Treyon? Yes. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I loved that game so much. <laughs> 
the years of shitty your ter- way. oh yeah no dude years of shitty terminator games that one came out i'm like this is amazing even the laser sounds are legit yes <laughs> god i love that game so much fully recommended to any terminator fan out there great game <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta get on that. The um, you uh, really do. I know, I know. I'm, 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 I'm behind the um. Uh, so no, no, no. Yeah, you'll, you'll never meet a um, a, a bigger. So, so Zach has a few like staples that are like very important to him. Like it's, it's Predator, yeah. Terminator, Alien, and then Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, Alien. Those are the, mm-hmm. those are the staples for him. Like you know of important experiences. So like, so anything Terminator related is gonna is gonna perk your ears, good or bad. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of bad, unfortunately. The uh, oh my, they, but we don't talk about the bad. <laughs> we don't we don't ever we don't we don't ever mention Genesis. No no no. <laughs> <laughs> the oh my the oh my the the pain that's in his eyes is just so palpable. The oh my just so palpable. Let's move on to good stuff. The uh, yeah, let's move on to good stuff. So. <laughs> Um, so now that you've switched over into your, you know, your video, you know, um, you know, what are, what are some things that you've learned? Cause podcasting is such a, an interesting art form. It's a very different type of thing. So I'm very curious on what, what have you learned, you know, through the course of, of, of doing this that, you know, that maybe you didn't think about before. Um, what I have learned is which is is funny because you can have a conversation with someone like having a coffee that if someone was recording it would make an amazing podcast right mm-hmm. but when you have a camera recording you it's it's different that's that's not that easy <laughs> like you have this anxiety on, on you so um my first videos are awful in well they are <laughs> because i'm too nervous you know like um, the people I, the people I have interviewed or talked to, they have always been amazing because the horror community is just like that. They are just happy to be there. They are happy you are taking the time to be with them, to edit the video, to talk about them. But still, I was so nervous. I think again because the language does a lot. If it was in one of my languages, I would be more relaxed. You know, like you can say. <laughs> I can say everything that it's in my mind because because it's not my language. So um, it's it's more difficult. That that's been a handicap for me. But then I have learned to slowly to turn interviews into conversations. You know, like um, they can talk about their work and they can talk about what they do, but we can do it into a conversation. It doesn't have to be like cold interview. Um, I'm I'm never cold because I I'm I'm a very smiley person. I always laugh with everything. So all my interviews, I'm always like that. I can't help it, and I make I also learn to make fun of myself. Like I say things wrong all the time. There are words that I can't pronounce all the time. And one of the things I learned to do is when I edit my videos, I don't hide my mistakes, but I underline them. I highlight them, you know, like I take like this little pieces of the video and I repeat it with the thing I said wrong. (laughs) You know, like, yes, I know I said this wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) So 
I learned that. I learned to be more relieved, to make fun of myself. And if if I say something wrong, I do. And I'm sorry. And they're always so kind. More or less, everyone can understand me. <laughs> yeah, we got you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we got you. You're all good. The um, uh, the um, which is which is awesome. No, because it's a very interesting art form. Is turning a interview into a conversation. It's often you know sometimes yes. a little difficult, but. You know, asking those questions often gets the point across. You know, when it comes to your, you know, your podcast, what's, what's, uh, you know, our question is, is how has horror entered your life? And I mean, that's, that's our famous question. What are some, uh, some really good questions that you've been able to get some really good feedback from and like get a conversation really going? What are some of your, your favorites to really get into the conversation mode as you described it? that what puts people in conversation mode many times is to talk about their childhood. Um, for example, talking about the fears they had in their childhood. Um, also, what I like to know about people is how has horror um, not influenced, I don't like the word influence because it seems that I'm talking about music or... Um, affected them in a good way like i think that horror is a way of facing your fears like fantasy blocks your traumas and makes them worse because it 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 creates like a parallel world where you can hide from your traumas you know while i'm believing that there's a world of fairies and elves i'm not looking at my traumas and my fears but horror throws your fears at your face it's like, there you are. Are you afraid of this? Just take it, catch it. <laughs> you know? So I think that's why the horror community, it's healthier and funnier and has no taboos. So I like to know that about the people I interview, like how horror helps your health, your mental health, your fears. How have you faced your nightmares through horror, through being a creator, either if it's a filmmaker, a musician, a writer. So I think that that sets people a lot for a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think, <coughs> excuse me, um, I think, <coughs> sorry Breathe about that. Mark. I don't know why. You okay? Uh, yeah, I'm okay now. The, um, uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, the, um, I think that's probably why most people in the horror community are so nice because they're so well adjusted because they've already faced their fears, you know. And, and it's something interesting, you know. Uh, uh, one of our old guests brought up that I thought it was fascinating, but was the the there's another part of this too is that that fear is universal. The um the, the it's part of the lizard brain, like it, it it's one of the things that like isn't yeah. isn't learned. It's actually a part of our DNA when we're born. The um uh, you know a, a child can feel elements of fear before they're ever taught anything so you know i I imagine that that's something that gets brought up too with with a lot of your conversations is that Hmm. there's a you know a primalness to it Mm -hmm. yes yes um i think that not blocking the instinctive um factors of our mind is what makes us healthy And I think it's always healthy to be able to, um, like the, what, what we were saying before, people here are very scared. I don't want to watch this because I'm scared of it. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. If I don't hear it's not happening, 
you know it's this kind of behavior hear no so evil speak no evil of... see no evil exactly exactly that's it so i think i think that's one of the reasons why the horror community is so healthy you can just joke about anything i mean my my humor is black as coal I, I can joke about anything, you know, and, and that's something that you cannot do in front of everyone, but you can do it in the horror community. You just can joke about anything, you know? So like in, on social media, sometimes I had someone like attacking because they didn't like a meme or something funny. I said, you know, it's like, you're not, you don't even like horror. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, what? I'm sorry. Who are you? The, um, uh, it becomes like the mean girls. Like, like you don't even go here. The, um, uh, the, uh, why are you here? The, um, uh, yes. so the, um, Zach, did you, I, I heard you, um, uh, did you want anything, anything to add to that, uh, primal fear portion? No. The, uh, <laughs> Zach's already conquered his fears, so he doesn't have to worry about anything. The, um, uh, <laughs> I swam with sharks a month ago. I think I've conquered everything. Yeah, that was probably one of his early wow. fears. The, um, uh, so, um, you know what? I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, you. I, I wanted to say thank you publicly, actually. Um, you wrote a wonderful review for us um, for the interview with, uh, with Damon, the creator of Slasher, um, on multiple different things. I really, I really wanted to say thank you publicly for the nice words that you oh. said. And I know Zach appreciates the same as well. The, Absolutely. um, uh, the, um, I, I remember I actually screenshotted it and I sent it. I was like, well, somebody appreciates what we're doing. The, um, uh, the, um, uh, so, you know, so I wanted to thank you publicly on the podcast for that very nice review. Um, you know, but, and I also wanted to get your take on, you know, some of the subjects that we were talking about within that, about the horror community and like what Damon's doing, um, uh, you know, for the horror community with Slasher, you know, what has been your experience within Slasher and how do you, you know, maybe you can expand upon the comment that you left, um, on our interview. Well, I think that Slasher is, um, I mean, just, to start off, Damon is just so amazing. Just himself as a person, as a businessman, as a horror fan. I mean, he has this wide vision of things that, that always amazes me, you know? And um, he wants a safer space for the horror community, you know? And that's what he aims for. And Slasher... It's exactly that. He wants no algorithm. He wants no one to be famous just because. Like, for example, in Facebook, more likes something gets, the more it um, escalates on the feeds, True. right? That doesn't happen in a slasher. It's, um, it, it's um, how you call it, like a timing thing. It's just um, the, the chronologic. Um, if, if you have 1,000 likes, you don't go the first. The person that has said, hey, good morning, hello, everyone, it's it's visible exactly the same. Mm. Um, he wants a spot for everyone, and he is um, very, and not worried is not the, the word, um, very, that he takes care of it, that everyone is safe to take care of all the complaints. Like he always says, anyone that has any issue, just message me. Like today I had, um, I was on a slasher and uh, 
I had this girl saying, hey, I have a problem with the messages, but I don't remember who I have to message. And she she meant Damon because he's always saying, hey, message me if you need anything. And I and I answer, you have to message Damon, you know, and he answered just below me because I have tagged him saying, hey, yes, we're solving this. You know, I mean, he's he's all he's everywhere. He cares a lot for people and he wants to make a lot of amazing things in in the app um i i I really think that this is going to be very big now it is but um, i think that the fact that he doesn't see it um to take any profit of it but to create a world for the horror community because we deserve it (laughs) Um, it's going to be an amazing place to be in. And I think that people are going to appreciate it very much. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and, you know, and in the, um, in the comment, I, I know that you were, you know, very appreciative of two of, of talking about culture and talking about how that this is propelling it into the mainstream. And, and I often talk about how, you know, and this is more of an American thing than anything. Um, I don't know, but I don't know, it may be stretching out past America, but we seem to be the only last line of defense when it comes to the innovation of culture. Um, yes. the, um, uh, we're the only ones that are actually pushing boundaries and pushing um, social taboos in multiple different yes. directions, which is, which is fabulous. The, um, uh, so I, I was wondering how, um, you know, what your thoughts were on that. And, you know, in, in that part of the discussion about horror being the last one to actually like keep new uh, innovation within culture alive. Hmm. Yes, I think horror is the one that can speak up, I think, because it's the one going through human feelings, human emotions, human fears. So um, I think it's actually, now you make me think that, I think that's why it's so important to push the underground horror, because that's the visceral one, the one that it's not sold to commercial purposes that doesn't have to please anyone. That horror, the horror that doesn't want to please anyone, that's a good horror. Because that's the, the organic, the visceral one. And that's why I love so much underground horror. Because you you watch the, the movies they make and the commercial ones. Like sometimes I, I joke about like the, the last Candyman that they made. Um, they've asked me sometimes, on, on videos and that, what do I think of it? And I think he's, he's just too handsome to be scary. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't be scared <laughs> by that Candyman. And uh, what I really mean is that it's not a scary at all. It's not a scary movie. Um, it, turned, it turned into a dialogue about racism and all of that, but not, nothing else, which is okay. I have nothing, I mean... It's, I, I, I have nothing against that speech, but again, it's not what the horror audience is looking for. When I watch um, indie films, they are so so visceral, you know? So maybe they don't have the money. They don't have the best music. Maybe they don't have the best cameras to do it. But look at the Blair Switch project. <laughs> I mean, what kind of cameras did they need to do that? <laughs> and it's still a, 
a legend. So I think that horror has a lot to say. And the last years, the underground horror has been growing and growing. And I think we're going to make a lot of noise in the following years. Oh, yeah. I think I think, I think think Terrifier is actually the, the shot across the bow, if I'm going to be honest. I think that's the first. I think that's the first shot. The um, uh, I think I think the, uh, the people are people are going, whoa, that's something. The um, uh, which is pretty cool. Yes, the, um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've heard a lot of different things about the last Terrifier. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of people loved it, and some people hated it. It, some others thought that word that it was too long. <laughs> they didn't finish it. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, they, they got them talking. The um, uh, you know, and I yeah. think that that's you know whether you love or hate something and everything. I mean, and I joke all the time. I'm like, there are things that are awful that have brought so much joy to me. Like it, like it, I joke about Batman and Robin. It's not horror, but it, well, it's kind of horror. The um, uh, you know, like I, I mean, that movie has brought so much joy to my life. And us making fun of Maximum Overdrive and how high Stephen King was when he made it. Like I mean, like that's you know. Yeah. So even if it's something that's really really bad, it's still fun to talk about it. Like it's still yes. fun to like yes. to, to bullshit about it. So um, uh, yes. you know. So, all right, but it, oh my, the um, uh, you know, so I, I think um, this is actually a perfect opportunity for us to um, uh, to get to the question of the podcast, and that's where we we go ahead and, and start to wrap things up. Um, uh, the um, uh, so I, what I do is I answer, I ask a question to everybody on something that they would you know would love, and it's something that I make up in my head as time goes on. Um, the um, and um, we kind of uh, round it out um, with that. Um, it's the guest it has the option to go first or they can pass. It's tradition to, for the guest to go first. So the question, the, the question is this because we have some podcasters on. Who is somebody that you would love to have a podcast interview with? The, um, it could be anybody from the horror community, anybody at all. The, um, uh, who's, <laughs> who, who is somebody that you Ash would – Ash Williams. <laughs> who, who was that? <laughs> Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh, you stole man. The um, uh, absolutely. I mean, I it's he's the funniest guy ever. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> the um, uh, the what do you what would you ask him? Oh, um, I'm not sure. I would ask. I mean, I, I think I would have a conversation with him <laughs> more than ask anything. I mean, um, I I'm love the evil dead so much um i mean i think it's made me laugh so 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 much um i i have like this fond feeling <laughs> you know? that's that's awesome so yes um i think i would just ask him about the fun he had doing those films and also that the first one was meant to be a serious one <laughs> but it was so awful that people just take talk it like a comedy and made this the, the next as a comedy because it just worked like that i i think i would just ask him about that <laughs> nice that's that's awesome that's awesome zach uh, I'm just going to say Kane Hodder because I, I would love to not only do a podcast with him, but drink while we're doing it. 
<laughs> I, I I don't know why that's where my mind is going right now, but yeah, Kane Hodder, cause best Jason, really badass actor, really badass dude. The dude's awesome. I met him at uh Days of the Dead last year. Great guy, a lot of fun, really cool. So yeah, I, I would awesome. just love to meet him, do a podcast with him, and yeah. yeah. So how about you, Mark? Um, uh, one is alive and one unfortunately has been passed away, so I'd have to go in a time machine to go do it. The one that has passed away would be Wes Craven. Would love to, mm-hmm. to talk to him, and then maybe like as a runner-up, um, uh, Kevin Williamson who wrote Scream, um, uh, would love to chat with them. And then also, um, the one I would love to, to interview just because it'd be so much fun is uh, Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator, um, and a couple other movies <laughs> that'd be fucking wild. I would love to interview him and talk to him about the Reanimator shit and like, and you know, yes. and tell him about his different career stuff. So I, I would have, I would absolutely love to interview him. But definitely, like, it, something that would have been really special to me, though, would be interviewing Wes Craven. That would have been really cool just to talk to him about the history and, like, and all the things that he went through and, and, and you know, and all the different productions that he's done and, you know, and, and just this beautiful evolution of his career. The um, uh, It would have been really, really cool to, to see him. It's, it's, it's sad that he's since passed. The um, uh, so, but, um, but he left a hell of a legacy the, um, in so many ways. The um, uh, so many ways. So, on that note, um, this is your opportunity to look directly into camera and and plug yourself and plug all the one oh the all the wonderful social medias and places people can find uh, your podcast and your website and all the articles that you're currently working on. So, without ado or without further ado, um, uh, go ahead and uh, take it away. <laughs> Um, okay, well, um, TBM can be found anywhere. You type TBM Horror, <laughs> it's our tag everywhere. So TikTok, Instagram, anywhere you can find us. And we have lots of fun in there. Um, metal, video games, because I'm a video game freak, <laughs> so I take care of that. Um, indie films, books, we have lots of books of indie books you haven't heard about yet (laughs) um interviews the podcast i mean we just have fun and try to everyone to have fun with us so just join us and join the crew (laughs) and thank you all for checking out this episode of the nightmares podcast um you can uh find us wherever podcasts can be found youtube spotify anchor all those great ones and if you are watching on YouTube, if you could be so awesome to stab that like button, smash that subscribe and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here on MHN. And, of course, you can find us on our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher, the application for all things horror. And you can find uh, uh, um, we can find our lovely guest on Slasher as well. And then what's your Slasher handle on, on there? Mar. My name awesome. is Mar. <laughs> easy to remember and everything else. So um, yes. uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast. Bye, guys. <laughs>